Hi, I'd like to thank you for uh, taking time to listen to the Sean Mike podcast. This podcast is coming out Monday, October 12th. It is going to be going over the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. Man, oh man, if you have been a Husker fan this year, it's been a very, very difficult start to the year, as you are all well aware. Uh, This is the way the game came out, and uh, losing the game the way that they did, it just feels like, you know, we're going to jump into a lot of things on this podcast. You know, the biggest thing that we're going to do is we're going to go over this game, kind of break down some of the stats, some of um, what my takeaways were from the game. Uh, After this game, just seeing um, how to view, kind of how we should view this year, expectations for the year, and... Yeah, and then the last thing we'll be getting into is we will be getting into the next opponent, which will be um, at the University of Minnesota, the Gophers. You know, we'll get into kind of where they've been at for the year. They've had a they've had an interesting start to the year, to say the least. And I definitely think that it'll present you know an interesting matchup in the next week. Overall, just looking at this game, when you really look at the stats, um, Wisconsin definitely has a clear edge across the board when you look at the stats. I mean, when you look at first downs, Wisconsin had 25, uh, Nebraska had 13. Uh, but the Huskers did do a good, I think, and I think the big reason why the Huskers were able to do so well in this game is um, Wisconsin, they were only 5 of 16 on third down. And the Huskers were actually 8 of 18 on that stat. You know, Wisconsin did have one time where they went for it on fourth down. They got it, so just one for one there. Now, total yards they outgained the Huskers 469 to 325. Now, I was definitely uh, one thing I will get into a little bit more, but I was impressed with, uh, you know, obviously there were highs and lows, but with the passing game of Joel Stavi, I um, really liked how we were able to uh, not let him get into a rhythm, you know, 24 or 50 for that game. You know, that's, uh, that's less than 50% passing, so whenever you're able to do that to a quarterback that's always saying something, especially with uh, where the Huskers have been on pass defense here in recent weeks. Uh, being able to do that is definitely a big thing. Obviously, one thing that's going to be a topic of discussion in this podcast is um, the Huskers passing game themselves. You know, they were actually 11 for 28. So, you know, obviously Wisconsin wasn't 50%, but we weren't either. And we definitely had a kind of the second game in a row. We've definitely had a real struggle with the passing attack. Uh, rushing yards, uh, the Huskers actually uh, rushed for 196 yards, averaging a little over five yards a pop. Uh, Wisconsin, they definitely uh, had their moments rushing the ball, but they were actually about, uh, they had 147, and they were about uh, a little over four yards a carry. So obviously, when you're rushing the ball and you get four yards a carry, you're always going to be happy with that. But it's definitely, so yeah, I mean, if you get four yards a carry, you're going to be happy with that, but at the same time, at the same time, you know, definitely looking at that stat, it's kind of deceiving because I feel like there are parts of the game where they were able to be a lot more successful running the ball, and there are other parts of the game where the Huskers were able to keep them bottled up a little bit more. You know, in terms of penalties, uh, once again, the Huskers have had their uh, struggles. Uh, actually, during the telecast on, um, well, on ABC where I was at, for the game, it was uh, nine penalties for 89 yards for the Huskers, and they that was for the complete game, but they had mentioned that the Huskers were the most penalized team in the nation. And you know that the penalty troubles have been consistent for this team, but then when you get a stat like that, that, um, yeah, definitely is just kind of eye-opening. You know, Wisconsin actually had six penalties for 45 yards, so that's pretty decent for a whole game, six penalties. 
time of possession was pretty even. Wisconsin had it for you know a little little under 32 minutes. Nebraska had it for just a hair over 28 minutes. And you know when we get into this game, it definitely had a lot of a lot of interesting things that happened in it. You know, overall, um, the biggest thing was, you know, the injuries, once again, for the Huskers. You know, Josh Banderas, he's still out for this game. Uh, Michael Rose-Ivy, the linebacker, he was on the sideline for this game, once again, still out. But uh, Freedom Akin Muladon, a guy that has been a huge contributor for the Huskers this year, you know, um, during the week it came out that he actually had an injury that um, has him sidelined for a couple weeks, and he has just been such a con- such a consistent pass rush weapon for the Huskers that having him out obviously you know these injuries are going to keep adding up when you have when you have David Santos that was injured the year before and he just decides that he's not going to come back to the team I mean that's a linebacker you lose right off the bat Josh Banderas he had a lot of experience before as I had already mentioned you know he's been out with injury problems this year Michael Rose-Ivy, he had the suspension initially, but then coming back, but only to have an injury sideline him a little bit. And then you've got one of your main pass rushers um, being out this game. The one nice positive that was in this game, and also from the last game too, is Demone Pearson-L, he was able to come back into the game and have an impact for the Huskers. And uh, Valentine, he was actually able to come back into the game and we'll get into him a little bit more because I feel like he definitely had an impact on this game so it's always encouraging when you see players get back to the game but at the same time once again with this Huskers team you know we just don't have all the pieces together and I get that you know every team in college football is going to be dealing with some sort of injury and they're going to have that's always going to be a part of the game but this year more than ever it really feels like there's been quite a few injuries and it's kind of made the Huskers a little depleted at um at just certain positions, and I mean, I th- I'm sure Mike Riley's going to be the first to tell you that you can't make excuses, you know, every team's going to have some adversity that they have to go through, but obviously, obviously sometimes you get a little more extreme. The biggest thing I noticed um, early on in the game is um, kind of just watching how, um, you know, Wisconsin, we gave them a short field early on, and Nebraska actually had a three and out in their first game in the first drive of the game. and But, you know, the D-line was able to get pressure on a big third down play. You know, Wisconsin tries a, you know, 40-plus yard field goal, and they wind up missing it. So once again, obviously you need to put it together for the whole game, but early on in that game, Wisconsin had a clear advantage getting a very short field. had a You know, that's a prime chance for them, you know, to th- you'd think at least get a field goal, maybe even get a touchdown to open the game. Defense is able to hold strong, you know, Misses that field goal with, you know, a hair under 10 minutes left in the game. Encouraging start to the game. Unfortunately, on offense for the Huskers, you know, we've kind of had this the last few games, but a three and out, another three and out in the game, you know, that was definitely a really tough start for the game. Uh, Collins and on the D-line, he's been making huge plays. Unfortunately, uh, he had a third and one stuff where he lit him up in the backfield, lines up getting called offsides. Overall, though, I felt like early on in that game, the defense was definitely looking good. They were make, felt like they were flying around, making plays. I feel like even though Valentine seemed like he was on a limited basis quite a bit of this game, he was, um, you know, when he was out there just making big plays and he was able to kind of help shut down those running lanes, I feel like that did a really big impact 
also I kind of I feel like a newbie I feel like he looked good the old line was able to open up a little bit of holes the one thing I've noticed that um once again I'm not gonna really gonna never gonna bash a kid especially a college athlete Tommy Armstrong definitely did look like he had his struggles today you know, we kind of had we had the running game going we had the old line game we had the old line making some holes at the same time Tommy wasn't able to and that's kind of what we'll get into a little bit of this because there's certain plays where you, you saw Tommy Armstrong and it's like it looks like you know after the first couple games I was like man I've never seen him look better but for whatever reason these last couple weeks he's just been in a little bit of a rut and it's tough to really explain what that is exactly if maybe maybe the new offense actually is catching up to him a little bit but he definitely has not looked like the same player that we've seen um, early on this year kind of trying to put it all together but it feels like if he would have been a little more consistent that would have put the Huskers in a lot better position the same time it's really tough to pile on one player because as we'll, as we'll get into later in the game there are some plays where if you don't have Tommy Armstrong being able to make the plays that he does then you're not going to get some of these plays down the field so it's kind of really it's twofold because on one end he's not always looking great on the offense on the other end he is able to make some plays that you wouldn't have had if he wasn't able to make the plays with his feet But overall, you know, you kind of just have to live with that. Sometimes it's going to happen in a game. Uh, on, in the second quarter, though, Wisconsin was able to convert a third and 15. Once again, the defense looked good so much of this game. A lot of the game, you know, they did look fine. But it's those plays, though. It's some of those chunk plays. You know, on third and 15, you have to find a way to get off the field. But, you know, and, but it's kind of a combo as well, though, because you have to have your offense being able to sustain some sustain some drives, be able to put some points on the board, or at least uh, keep you off the field. But when when the offense isn't getting the drives that they need to, then it's going to make it to where the defenses get out in the field more. Getting a little bit more gassed, that's always tough to deal with. You know, really this team just needs to be able to put it together as a whole because when they do put it together, they're going to be fine. But, you know, it's been tough to see that so far early on in the year. But, you know, Valentine, he was able to get a sack on a, a first and goal play that ended up costing him seven seven um, yards. But, you know, overall, in the end, Wisconsin was able to get a a, a TD on that drive to go up seven to nothing. Then uh, short, a little later on in that game, it feels like uh, Tommy Armstrong was able to hit uh, Jordan Westerkamp. I kind of thought that maybe he was going to be able to get into a rhythm a little bit. But um, actually, that didn't wind up happening. And Brandon Riley, he... There was a play in that in that driver a little bit later on in the game where he had a where he had a drop and it's been kind of I don't know it's kind of been mind-boggling to me how things have played out because Jordan Westerkamp has been one of the most consistent Huskers for really I mean most of this year and then quite a bit last year he just kept flashing and making plays then Brandon Riley did the start to this year was able to make plays but as far as I'm concerned. Don't quote me on this for Brandon Riley, but I don't believe he actually had a catch in this game. And um, Jordan Westerkamp, you know, after his amazing start earlier on in the game, you know, he had two catches uh, for 17 yards. So I know I've mentioned this before, but it really, I, I think I don't know if it's the offense and they've just got um, 
No, because they do have weapons. Because Janovich, you know, he had three carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. One of those runs was a 55-yard run. We'll get into a little bit more. I know some some people really seem to like to pile on this guy on social media, but uh, Newby actually had 15 carries for 15 yards and 3.9 yards per carry. So pretty much four yards per carry. And you know, I know a lot of people want to get all over a kid, and they want to. They want to say that maybe he's not the greatest ever, and maybe he's not. I mean, obviously, there's been so many Husker greats, it's hard to ever say that. But, you know, 15 carries for 15, 59 yards isn't the end of the world. When you're getting four yards a carry, that's, you know, that's satisfactory for a running back. It's really tough to get on him for that. Now, Alonzo Moore, we'll get into his catch, his, uh, catch that he had, but he only did have that one catch. Uh, Pearson and Demone Pearsonell, he had a... He had a couple catches, and actually, I think looking back on my notes, they were actually on the same drive, because I remember think, just thinking, man, this guy's really getting into a rhythm. And, you know, we'll kind of get into get into where he was at. But, you know, once again, the Huskers had uh, penalty problems. Tommy Armstrong had a huge 35-yard uh, run that was canceled by a formation penalty. I mean, I know this is a new offense, but... This is this can really be frustrating to see out of a team that has the potential that the Huskers do because, you know, they're able to make big plays. They've got all these um, talented guys that can get them big plays, can get them into the end zone, can do do so many great things for this team. But he, the simple things like a penalty, you know, a formation penalty, you know, you're not lined up right. I think, I think the penalty was um, like five guys in the backfield, so it must have been... I'm pretty sure it was like a wide receiver being on one side, the tight end. The tight end was supposed to get in a certain spot, but instead one of the guys wound up being in the backfield. Anyway, not to get too technical with it, but just a just a stupid formation penalty where you really shouldn't have those. It's one thing if you get if you get a penalty on an effort play, but when it's just a before the snap formation plays, you know, that's always gonna be tough on a coach. But yeah, Pearson now getting back to where he was at, he had a uh, you know, he had a catch down the field, and then they went to him right after that on a screen pass. So he only he had a couple catches in this game, you know, nothing too major. But on that drive, he definitely was a factor. And it's encouraging to see because you want to see him just get back into the game plan because obviously he did miss all that time. And we've seen what he could do in the past, especially in the return game. So whenever you can see him just kind of, you know, slowly but surely work his way back into the offense, that's always going to be a big Big positive for this team. And then actually in that same drive, Tommy Armstrong wound up having a TD run on a scramble. So, you know, it's definitely encouraging to see that. Once again, kind of goes to the fit, you know. If Mike Riley had his ideal quarterback, yeah, would the offense look a little bit different? I'm sure it would. But, you know, I'm not saying Mike Riley's never going to have a mobile quarterback or anything like that, but, you know, obviously Tommy Armstrong is able to do quite a bit with his legs. So, you know, it's it's tough because he's not always that perfect fit for the offense and he's not always making necessarily, you know, I know they made a big deal about it during the game about, you know, sometimes he throws off his back foot and sometimes he does stuff that's just not, just not the most sound. And I agree, I'd, I'd love to see him get better at some of that stuff. But the reality is, is, you know, he's not a perfect fit for this offense. But he is able to make some plays that you're not going to have otherwise. So it's twofold. Uh, Jonathan Rose on the secondary. I definitely want to – he made a play on third down in that second quarter. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to make it a point just to bring him up is because I know there's been a lot of scrutiny 
for the Husker secondary. Obviously, you know, improvements still need to be made, but, you know, i got to give them credit. You know, it's it's tough when you're in that, when you're in, you know, the spot of being a Husker football player and have all these things going. But I feel like overall, you know, not just him, I think the secondary did do better as a whole. Yes, there were some breakdowns, there were some moments that I'm sure they'd love to have back, but at the same time, it does feel like they're steadily getting better. Kind of just goes back to something I'm going to touch on a little bit more, but if could just be put together a little bit more consistently, then I really think this team will be fine. Uh, pretty much uh, wasn't exactly two minutes, but, you know, Huskers kind of got put in a two-minute offense-type situation at the end of the second. You know, Stanley Morgan, I wanted to make sure I pointed him out. You know, he had a huge one-hand third-down catch. You know, it's one of the better catches I've seen from the Huskers this year. And um, I definitely want to look to see what he's going to do down the road. You know, he's a freshman out of uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, so... It's always encouraging to see a young player make that, but you know, a true freshman being able to make that play is always going to be encouraging. Once again, you know, Tommy Armstrong making a play. Uh, actually, the play kind of broke down. Tommy uh, scrambled to his right, then he uh, launched it down the field, and Alonzo Moore came up with a spectacular 41 yard touchdown catch. So, this goes back to what I kind of hit on a little bit. You don't want to. Don't want to drill it into the ground, but at the same time, I think people do need to realize, yes, Tommy Armstrong might not be the ideal perfect fit for this system. At the same time, he is making so many plays. Once again, kind of tough to view, but, I mean, he rolls out to his right, he's able to launch it down the field. Then, you know, you're probably not going to get that with other quarterbacks. So being able to see him make that play and really step up, it's encouraging to see. You know, obviously you want it to be more consistent. You want the percentage to be better. But at the same time, it is always nice to see a guy be able to make plays as well. You know, in the third quarter, uh, Wisconsin started off with the ball, and Nebraska was able to hold them to a three and out. And um, I, I feel like uh, Terrell Newby, he really looked good in that third quarter. And then I, on that opening drive, uh, Amani Cross had a really nice, the easiest way to just uh, statement run. And the, what I mean by that is Monty Cross didn't get a lot of touches in this game. But it, it was just an extremely physical run. Seemed to really be uh, really be setting the tone. And actually, uh, give me just one second, and uh, there's something really interesting that I want to touch on. Uh, I mentioned Brandon Riley has had his uh, struggles. Not exactly sure why, but for, and I, th I think it's just because they've got all these weapons and with personnel coming in and Alonzo Moore kind of emerging, just kind of deciding like how everyone's role is. And, you know, a lot of receivers all want to get touches, just kind of seeing how those are going to come. But there was a play where uh, he was kind of down the field, and he uh, he wasn't able to make a catch. But it looked like, I mean, it looked like it was possible there could have been pass interference on the play. Tough to say for sure. But uh, Mike Riley actually came out and got a little fired up and defended the call. But he actually uh, wound up getting an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. And at the time, I was, wasn't really sure how to think of it because all I could think about is, like, this is a huge penalty. I mean, the Huskers are driving down the field only to get a 15-yard penalty. Now it's second and 25 instead of being on their side of the field. So I was like, man, I don't know if this is really going to come back to bite the Huskers. Wound up having no effect, though, because in the next play, pretty much uh, threw it down the field to the tight end, Carter. 
doesn't, doesn't make the catch, but he gets the pass interference call. I did find that kind of interesting, though, uh, you know, Mike Riley showing some of that emotion that we haven't necessarily seen early on. You know, I definitely, you're never going to have him be Bo Pelini on the sidelines. Some people would be extremely excited about that. Uh, some people like me are more indifferent to that. I just want to see the team do well, have success. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because obviously I'm sure Mike Riley has dealt with a lot more than he was expecting to, uh, taking on the Husker football job. But, you know, now he's here. I think he's kind of settling in. It was definitely interesting to see that play during the game. And, you know, that that drive that was going, you know, we did get that call. But in the end, it, met, it ended in a 52-yard field goal miss. So I think that's... That's been something kind to kind of look out for because it feels like it feels like we just can't get it all connected. Like one, some games the offense has been explosive, but the defense hasn't been able to, you know, stop the other team from making some of the big plays. There's been other games where the defense is constantly on the field and they seem to be getting stops, but the offense isn't able to put enough drives together, and then eventually the defense has a breakdown somewhere. You know, once again, did feel like the secondary was playing well in that second half, uh, particularly the third quarter. And uh, it was very windy, which obviously if you've been a Husker fan, you know that constantly, you know, in the city of Lincoln and just Nebraska as a whole, it's very windy. It does tend to have a pretty big impact on a lot of football games. Now, our partner, uh, Fultz, was able to, was actually able to pin them to the one-yard line then uh, the Wisconsin punter the time before actually had a, a punt where he punted in the air and it bounced and, and really took a ricochet for the Huskers' way. And it was only a 13-yard punt, so it was very interesting to see uh, what some of the, the weather and climate was. So Fultz batted it down to their one-yard line only to have the next possession be Wisconsin's punter kicking it to our one-yard line. So you know, crazy weather, you know, obviously some teams had the wind. Sometimes were, sometimes teams were going against the wind. That definitely affected the uh, the passing game and when you might have a little more success going in the air versus when it might be a little bit more of a struggle. You know, I did notice uh, late late in the third, Wisconsin really did seem like they are able to, to get a drive going. But, you know, once again, Valentine was able to come in, make a big hit on a third down play, wound up holding holding them to a field goal. I didn't feel like uh, Marcus Newby, the redshirt sophomore linebacker out of Maryland, he seemed to be going all over the field for the Huskers. You know, he's an outside linebacker, and it's just interesting seeing with all the injuries that there have been this year. That's what I think might be the benefit to this. Yes, obviously, you want to win games. It's extremely tough, but eventually when everyone does come up to snuff, you are going to have some players that do have more experience, more game time. You know, as the years go on, they're going to get in the weight room a little bit more, get a little bit more developed. I think that's always going to be a positive moving forward, obviously. I mean, obviously, you'd rather have your full stack of cards and not have some of the injuries that you have and get them, you know, the best players that you or initially thought were going to be the best players in the way out there on the field. But injuries are a part of the game, and it's always nice seeing other players be able to come in and, and make a play. And, you know, after... You know, after having the struggles and Nebraska having a three and out, Wisconsin was really able to drive the ball down the field. I do feel like, not to sound like too much of a homer, but it did feel like Nebraska had plenty of plays where a defensive lineman was getting penetration and blatant holding penalties were not being called. I'm never going to stress that too much, obviously. Obviously, you know, missed penalties and whatnot is a part of the game, but 
definitely really did feel like they were missing some plays out there. Um, you know, with Valentine and Collins, you know, you can always make the argument that holding happens every play. Some of it seemed like a little bit egregious, but anyway, not to focus too much on that. I feel like uh, Josh Kalou, he made a big play in the third quarter, but he only had a, but then he had a, a pass interference play pretty much the next play after. So once again, that consistency factor, sometimes you're going to have penalties, but it seems like the Huskers tend to have them at the most inopportune times. You know, in the fourth quarter, Wisconsin was able to put together an 11-play, 84-yard touchdown drive. That wound up having them take a 17-14 lead with a little over 10 minutes in the game. And then, you know, Nebraska needed needed a big three and out. Wisconsin winds up getting a huge 32-yard run. At that point, we're kind of like, here we go again. But uh, Chris Weber is actually able to get a huge uh, a third and four tackle that really made a... You know, once again, another player where, because of injuries, he's playing a little bit more, but he constantly seems like he's able to, it will be a big factor for the Huskers. Overall, though, you know, a holding penalty, you know, kill the third down conversion for the Huskers. Once again, kind of being their own worst enemy, kept getting in the way of themselves. Uh, once again, Tommy Armstrong, though, type of quarterback to where, despite all the struggles and everything, third and 15, he's able to get a 15-yard scramble for a first. And then, uh, you know, the Andy Janovich, I feel like it's been, his role's kind of interesting. I think they're still trying to figure out what they've got in him, too, because he winds up getting a 55-yard run for a touchdown. And in that game, I believe, I believe his stats are three carries for 55 yards, because... No, okay, three carries for 59 yards and one touchdown. So obviously, you know, 55 of it came on that one run. But I think everyone's kind of curious about that as well because, you know, what's his role? Obviously, we know he's a fullback. We know he's opening up holes. We all get that. But is he going to get more plays running the ball, like out of a running back formation or just maybe giving him a little few more runs out of the fullback role? Once again, newbie was about four yards a carry. But it's interesting to see kind of – Getting the right mesh and seeing how things are going to be moving forward. Obviously, if you watch the game, you know what happens later on. But still going to break it down to you. I know it's tough to hear, but do definitely want to go into it. You know, Wisconsin had a field goal attempt with a minute and 26 seconds left. And they missed the field goal. It actually went off the upright. And this just reminds me how football is a game of inches because... You know, obviously, he hits a field goal with five seconds left to win the game. I know a lot of people. You know, Wisconsin did have three timeouts. I feel like I feel like Mike Riley was in a no-win situation for criticism, to be honest. Because when it came down, I agree. I was running the ball the first two plays. When it came down to third down, if he would have thrown the ball and he wouldn't have gotten it, people were going to criticize him for that. Instead, you know, he ran the ball. Made them use burn their last time out. I'm sure people are criticizing him for that. I mean, you have to understand that sometimes, sometimes you're just going to get the criticism either way, and it's not always going to be fair, and it's going to be tough to deal with. But you know, at that point in the game, you know, personally, maybe yeah. I mean, I think that the one time out wasn't as big of a factor. Maybe you throw it, but once again, you know, you can see both sides of the coin, though. I mean, there's going to be people that. You know, if you run the ball, they're not happy. If you throw the ball, they're not happy. You kind of just have to live with that. Obviously, 
you know, once again, as a defense, I believe they got the ball right around their own 30-yard line or whatever. So there was still time for the defense to make plays, and sometimes you just need guys to execute. I know that's kind of tough to hear, and I'm never going to bash anyone, but it is easy to look at the coach and just want to blame him for every every uh, single issue that goes on out there. But when you punt the ball and the other team gets it about their 30, 35-yard line, you know, field goal is going to win them the game, then... Sometimes you just have to trust that your defense is going to make the play for you and win the game. I mean, they only had 23 points this game after the field goal, Wisconsin, I mean. So, I mean, you are trusting that they are going to be able to make a stop and be able to, you know, seal the game. Obviously, that didn't work out, and it's easy to be, you know, a couch quarterback, but you just got to give this team time. Overall, you know, that's pretty much my review of the game. Obviously, Tommy Armstrong, 11 for 28, 129, one touchdown. I kind of went over Janovich and newbie stats. Uh, Alonzo Moore had that one catch for 41 yards and a touchdown. Overall, I do feel like there is still time for this team to go in the right direction. You know, I did kind of mention expectations. We have to, You have to go game by game at this point now because obviously, you know, four-quarter football is a big deal, and right now that's just... It's a tough thing for this team. I think that it can be improved upon, but right now it's just not where it needs to be. Now, Tommy Armstrong, obviously he's not the perfect fit. He does make plays. Overall, we just need to, you know, just need to kind of accept where it's at. I think that he has a chance to get better and make more plays. But, you know, time will tell. Um, the University of Minnesota Gophers definitely will be an interesting test. You know, they lost to TCU, the number two team in the country. And Northwestern, who just got beat by, who just got beat by uh, Michigan, but I think they'll definitely be an interesting opponent. But I do want to take you for taking time to listen to the Sean Mike podcast. Definitely appreciate everyone that takes time to listen. Uh, feel free to like my page uh, at the Sean Mike podcast on Facebook, and check out the page on Big Husker Nation. Once again, thank you for taking time to listen to the Sean Mike podcast. You have a great day.